The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's going to be a fun one. We're talking about story strategy. And I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to this show for a little while. And so why is that? It's because I am probably as obsessed with strategy as I am with story. I, I love both of those things. And then add to that, getting to talk to one of my most favorite story, story people, Kathy Clotes guest today. So like three of my favorite things all in one show. How can it get better than that? It's so awesome. <laughs> so you hang out. So you, you know, we're going to hang out. We're going to talk story strategy. A lot of times we've been talking about business storytelling a lot. Um, and, and sometimes, and I call it swimming in the shallow end. We kind of spend a lot of time talking about the telling how to tell stories, and, and that's very important. But one of the things that we sometimes forget about is that actually there's there's a strategy to it. And it's not just a strategy for the story itself, but there's strategy within organizations about how to use story. And so if you're a leader or you're a, uh, an employee within an organization that, you know, your culture could do with a little bit of a boost or, or you think that you could, uh, you know, rev up your um, you know your internal communications a bit this is the show for you because we've got lots of good stuff and, and again we're going to tie it into business processes it's not just about the telling so before we do that though I want to make a bit of an announcement I'm very excited um, I've been telling you for quite some time that uh, we're working on the back end of the Story Powered Institute, the online story community that we've got going on. And actually, um, you know, last week's show, we talked, last week we talked to um, Karen Dietz about story renewal. It was a very timely show and a timely theme for me um, because I launched the Story Powered Institute in October. And I'm going to confess that I kind of just got it up there (laughs) in order to see what would happen. Um, I had a lot of fun building it and getting it going. um, But I wasn't quite sure what it was going to look like and what it might be when it when it grew up and so obviously we're still in in early days but with feedback from the community and um, observing the kind of thing that uh, is is useful for people in the community already I'm going to reframe it and so I'm very happy to announce that uh, the Story Powered Institute is now a community of practice for people who love story and we'll be relaunching February 1st. And so if you're a storypreneur, if you're a leader, if you're an entrepreneur, if you love story and want to kind of share and boost your skills, that's the place to be. So storypower.institute. Check it out for February 1st. You can uh, join as a paid member, but you can also join for free as a story friend. And I really want you to be my story friend. So come hang out. Come hang out. Storypower.institute. 
We'll see you there. Okay, so I want to tell you more about Kathy. So Kathy is a marketing storyteller, speaker, author, and stage improviser. Kathy Quote's guest, MA, MBA, is the founder of Keeping It Human, Inc., whose mission is to help organizations turn complex marketing speak into compelling stories that customers and employees act on. She also helps organizations solve internal communications and ideation challenges by applying improvisational tools that achieve better outcomes and fresh insights. She's worked with diverse organizations, including Autodesk, C4 Media, Cisco Systems, Kaiser Permanente and United Way Silicon Valley, among others. She's the author of several short storytelling and humor books on Amazon.com, and her marketing podcast has been nominated for numerous awards for its insight and humor. But Kathy's fave audience is still her son, who can snort milk out of his nose, and her grandma, who doesn't care about how improvisation is different from stand-up comedy. You can reach Kathy at Kathy at keepingithuman.com. <laughs> Kathy, welcome to Story Powered. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here, Leanne. You're one of my favorite storytellers, and it's always such a blast talking to you. It's so, so thank fun. you. So nice to chat with you again. Okay, well, tell us what's your story. What have you been up to recently? You've been busy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm working on a book, um, which I'm really excited about, and I've got a couple of. Um, uh, uh, speaking engagements and, and different conferences that I'll be speaking at. And I'm very excited because I'll, I'll not only be talking about storytelling, but at a couple conferences I will be facilitating a couple of, of uh, sessions helping people uncover ideas for stories and we'll using improv. So we'll be doing live improv games Whoa, to help people cool. come up with new ideas. So, so it combines two of my favorite things, improv and storytelling. So I just couldn't be more excited. I feel like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good to go to work that and feeling that way. It's amazing, and, and I have to say congratulations to all the hard work you've done because your community is amazing, and, I, and congrats on, on sort of kind of reframing it a little bit, but I think you've built Thank something you. great, and I know Thanks. you're as passionate about it as I am, and it doesn't feel, it's work, but it doesn't feel like drudgery mm-hmm. when, you, when you do no. something you love. That's yeah. right, and you know, and it, even better when you hang out with people who also love it. Yes. Right. And that's the thing for me. And that's the bit. And, you know, it'll, it kind of ties into what we're talking about today. But but that is the beauty of creating a community. And whether it's an online community or you have your improv community or I mean, you know, and, and work is a community, too. But like you say, there's a difference between drudgery and loving it. So, um, yeah, really important. Really important. Now, tell us about your improv stuff, though. You've, you've, you and your improv group have, have been doing really well recently and having some fun. Yeah, so I have an improv group, and these are people that I've known for many years, and we came out of a, a big uh, uh, improv school called you know, Comedy Sports, and many of us performed there for many, many years, and then we kind of, on our own, decided to form our own group because we wanted to do some different things and innovate our own games, our own kind of story te- stage storytelling techniques. Mm-hmm. And so um, using, you know, for example, social media. So we'll take, we'll take suggestions not only live from the audience, but we'll take it over Twitter. We'll ask for, um, you know, a, a, a misconnection, like a Craigslist kind of, and then we'll, we'll reenact it. And so we, we wanted to make it integrate the way people communicate now, especially millennials, with, with technology. So we, we sort of use that in our shows. And it's been really fun to innovate um, new stage storytelling techniques. So nice. we just have a lot of fun, and mostly we just make each other laugh, and I feel at the end of, you know, that we've just been playing, like it's adults at play. Nice. <laughs> it's That's like awesome. It's like a kindergarten, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, Very it's, it's cool. a joy. 
It's a joy. Very cool. And and also, and so since we last spoke, you've had your one-woman show. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tell us about it. Well, so um, I had a one-woman show, and I'm doing it again this year in October and November uh, in San Francisco, uh, where I live. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I uh, had spent about, uh, I don't know if I told you this, Leanna, probably about a year and a half um, excavating stories from my life. So talk no. about sort of walking the talk and, 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 and talking about my business, talking about um, my personal life, talking about my family. So excavating some really personal stories. And in a lot of those cases, um, uh, I got pretty vulnerable. And I, I told a lot of things about, you know, my, my upbringing and some, some not so glamorous things, but it's truth. And there's something really powerful about Telling the truth, and, and, and I know, uh, Leanne, uh, you and I talked about this, the power of vulnerability, though, to connect you to an audience, because, you know, I, I, I told these stories, and people came up after me and, and told me that they saw themselves in, in my stories, and I just can't think of a bigger compliment that when you b- sort of bare your soul a little bit, and you are vulnerable, yeah. um, right. you know, and there's an appropriate time to be vulnerable, um, then, you know, people do reciprocate that. There's something really um, powerful about that. Yeah, I, I think that that is the ultimate in human connection, really. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it was really gratifying, super gratifying, you know. And it's not the kind of thing you do on a business stage, of course, but, you know, in a personal stage where yeah. it's a solo show, boy, it's, I, I can think of nothing less than uh, when you do that and when people come up to you. And uh, I think this, this older woman came up to me and I talked about my family, and she, she was probably in her late 60s, and she said, your family was my family, but you got there sooner in dealing with it and accepting it and talking about it. And she's like, can I give you a hug? And here's this woman in her 60s, tears in her eyes, doesn't know me from Adam. She was the, she's the mother of a friend of mine who came, and she right. wanted to give me a hug. And I just, I really could not think of a better, more personal compliment than that, that human connection that I, you know what I mean? It was just amazing. Yeah. It really was. Good for you. Good for you. And well done for, you know, I think that that's, it is, um, you know, I, I, the way you've just talked about it, it, it almost makes it sound very simple, but it is actually a very, uh, challenging thing to do and well done you for being willing to do the excavation as well as the um, you know the standing up there and, and bearing your soul a little bit well, I had heart or a lot <laughs> <laughs> I had heart palpitations a couple of weeks before and yeah. uh, I was like am I going to do this am I going to do this and uh, it was pretty funny because uh, and I think all storytellers when you get vulnerable it, it's a, it's a it's you're exposed and what yeah. I what I, what I made the decision on, if I was going to go this far, if I was going to go through all this work over a year and a half to create this show, there's no way that I was going to sort of, you know, wimp out at the last yeah. mile. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so well, and it's also, you know, you, it's that digging deep thing, right? It's, it's, yeah. And I, I don't know, I wanted to ask you about this because there's something about excavating the stories. Mm. And the very personal ones. So, again, we're talking about very personal stories. And so you excavate them, look at them, shape them for your show. And then what happens when you share them? Because then they're not yours anymore. They're everybody's in a way. They're a collective Mm -hmm. piece. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, you had an impact for for the woman, you know, listening. What happened for you, I'm wondering? It's such a great question. And it's such a great question. And, uh, you know, I've had it said to me, several times that, you know, um, uh, you know, you don't change stories, stories change you. Mm. And 
it's so true that the more you tell certain stories and you're just open and honest about them, a couple things happen. It changes you. You start to deal with it. It's cathartic, but it's also you start to realize that uh, narratives only have power over you to the extent that you believe it. Mm. And a narrative told dispassionately, and you and I have talked about this um, before, when, when you're in the thick of it, you can't tell that story because that story owns you. But when yeah. you have time and healing and you tell these personal stories about your life, that, you know, of your pain or whatever, um, you're, you're dispassionate. So you can tell them in a way you've moved through it and it doesn't own you anymore. And there's something very powerful about articulating it and owning it because yeah. now you're, the story no longer owns you, but you're more in control of the way you tell that story. And that's a very powerful shift to Love recognize that. that you actually, you know, stories really, you know, don't have to, to own you. It, it, you just have to make that simple uh, determination that, you're going to be honest. You're going to wait to tell the story till the time is right. And it's such an amazing thing that happens when you do that. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. And and I, you know, and I think too, as you were just saying that, what what strikes me is that once you've kind of owned them and taken control of them, they're kind of like, okay, well, that's a story. File it away, and you make room for new stories. You do because it's make- not overwhelming you. Oh my gosh, it's so true. That's such a great point. It doesn't overwhelm you, and you can file it away. You, nicely said. Um, you can file it away because you've made your peace with it, and you move on. And it's it's not the, it's not the narrative that's playing in your head every day. And it's such mm-hmm. a freeing. It's actually a very liberating thing because right. you recognize that all right, that was something that happened to me. It's not the story of who I am. It's just merely an event that happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And nice. and that is wow. Talk about being able to recognize your own strength in that. It, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, I, and I, I recommend that even if, you know, a solo show isn't for everybody, going through your own stories and just, just understanding your own stories. Um, and, and as you are, you know, have time and distance and healing on your side to be able to tell some of these other stories, how liberating it can be for, for you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to take that, I was just thinking about, as you were talking about that, I was taking it then to an organizational level and a lot of what we're talking about here applies in organizations too, mm. right? Because the like lots has happened in a lot of organizations. <laughs> Many things have happened, and especially organizations that have been around for a while and gone through some growth. Um, you have the, I mean, you have the stories about old employees. You have the stories about you know the vision and how it's changed and you have a lot of stuff, but there's also, you know, stories about, you know, maybe a time when you had to fire a bunch of people and um, other times when there was maybe a lawsuit against you or it's, it's a really interesting idea to think of. And again, I'm not saying I'm not making the link leap for business leaders to tell their vulnerable stories here. It's more about using your term excavating and looking at the stories that exist without judging them. Yes. The, it's an interesting idea. It really is. It really is because, uh, you know, um, I, I think part of the reason why I think a lot of companies don't tell their failure stories or their, you know, these stories that actually would probably connect them pretty well to their audiences because they, they still feel like maybe that story defines them rather than, hey, mm-hmm. it's an event, it happened, and we learned from it. And so they don't it, you know, if you can excavate it and just look at it in that very dispassionate, all right, this happened, 
this happened. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't define our future. It's just we learn from it. And it's okay to tell it as a story of what happened versus a story that we continue to play over and over again. And I think there's, that, that's what's, I think, so liberating when companies are very open and honest about, here's what happened, here's what we learned. If they can yeah. cast it in that light of it made us better, we learned from it, now we know what to, to do differently, there, there's power in that admission. And uh, it's a shame that more companies just don't see it that way. I think they, you know, they're always trying to pivot or, or control the narrative. We didn't make <laughs> <Yeah>. a mistake. <laughs> okay, right. whatever. <laughs> don't don't look at me. Don't look at me. Exactly. Well, <laughs> if you're breathing, pretending. you've made mistakes. That's kind of yeah. part of the human card yeah. that we all carry around. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing again, you know, like, and that's in, when we talk about failure stories, I wonder if we just need to reframe them, not trying to create more jargon, obviously, um, but reframe them as growth stories, you know, yeah. because like, like that's, that. I think that organizations, um, just like people need to get over it in terms of mistakes that have been made. Yeah. But sometimes it's not even mistakes. And that's the difference, too, is that um, things may have happened. There may have been a takeover. There may have been, you know, um, maybe the, the founder died and, and things mm-hmm. changed. I mean, it's not always about, like, things that may have been challenging are not always about a failure either. But they are about evolving, um, and I wonder why we're so scared of that. But I, but I think I get it when we talk about, you know, you, you, you know, it takes guts to get up in front of people and tell them your, your most vulnerable stories. It, it does. And I really like the way you framed it. I think that's really, really, that's such a great observation is if you can really rethink it, it, it as you said, as a, as a growth story, I think, I think that's an opportunity Rather than, you know, you're focusing on the failure, you're focusing on what you learned. And that learning can yeah. serve other people. So when you look at it as not as, look, I'm airing yeah. my dirty laundry. But if you look at it as, look, I learned something from this experience that I think can help other people. Now, all of a sudden, the focus shifts from, oh, gosh, I'm embarrassed or, you know, shamed or failure or whatever, to, wow, how great is this? I, I, I had this problem and I, I, I got through it this way. And if I share it, I can help a lot of people. And that's a really positive way to frame it. And I think if for no other reason, that might help people get over that hurdle of, oh, gosh, I have to, you know, share every, every failure, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, you know, when we talk about leaders, and this, I think this is where it's crucial, is that it's how leaders view business growth. Oh, yeah. And some of the best leaders view it as, yep, I, you know, messed up or, yep, this, this happens when you grow a business, this is what happens. And, and they share their stories of feeling vulnerable in business, um, thereby enabling their staff to, to feel comfortable sharing theirs. But if they have, if, if it's the opposite and there's ego at the top who, you know, somebody, and often I think sometimes it's insecurity, Right. Same with us personally. Like we can't when we haven't overcome something, we can't tell it because we're so insecure about it. And same with business leaders, I think. Uh, well, and, you know, I think I, I think the more leaders can embrace this and the strong ones do the really powerful leaders. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, you, you know this better than anybody. I mean, as somebody who's a storyteller, stellar, uh, too, you, you 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 look at all the leaders out there who are strong, respected, who've been incredibly successful. All of them have failed, and they've been open about yeah. it. And that's what's so beautiful yeah. is that they recognize that by sharing those stories and what they've learned, it's actually earned them credibility and trust. 
and yeah. currency and, and all these things that a great leader is supposed to be. And so if you really want to know the hallmark of a great leader, they will be very honest about their failures and what they learned. And, and to me, that's a litmus test. If, if, if I'm talking to somebody who always tells me success stories and never failure stories, it's hard to wonder. <laughs> I kind I of I shake my head and I go, hmm. Because Extraordinary it, yeah. lucky. Extraordinarily <laughs> lucky, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, and I don't believe in, 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 in that as much as I believe in sort of, you know. No, that's right. <laughs> humanity, and you and I both know you that. Bet. It's like, you, you know. Bet. And so I, I think that, you know, great leaders tell these amazing stories. Um, they're very honest about it. And, and to your point, there's a time and a place. Business In yes. business, it, it can't be, hey, I'm going to rally the troops and, and tell people what a failure I am. But telling <laughs> yeah. that story of, look, I understand you're scared. Let me, you know, here's what happened to me. I was yeah. in a similar position. But here's what we learned, and here's how we made it better. And, nice. and that can be a, a, a place of, of um, saying, I hear you. I understand you're scared. I'm there with you, and I'm going to be right there with you. That's yeah, more, nice. you know, uh, uh, having empathy and, and, and coming from it at that place of empathy. Absolutely. And so what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break now, but after the break, we're going to start delving into story strategy. Um, but we've lined it up nicely because it all starts with the leader and, mm-hmm. and the willingness to uh, hear stories, share stories, be part of a growing story. So, um, so don't forget to come hang out with me at storypower.institute. Be my story friend. And you can find Kathy at keepingithuman.com. I'm Liam Pico, and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll be back in a sec. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back to Story Power with me, your host, Leanne Picot. I'm chatting today with Kathy Clote's guest from Keeping It Human. Uh, before the break, Kathy and I were having a great chat about, um, well, a number of things, but one of the things that, that most struck me was um, Kathy's 
you know, when we talked about Kathy's one woman show and, and um, the idea of excavating your life for stories and then preparing them for sharing and impacting others and helping others to learn. And, and then we related that to businesses. And, and so, um, you know, for me, it goes, it just so goes beyond the telling, you know, and that's why I do this show. And this is, um, you know, I think this is like the 50th, or 51st topic or something there's so many ways you can use story however um, one of the things that can happen is we can come at it in all directions and not utilize it in the way that that we need to so it's kind of like organizational learning it's like quality creating quality standards all sorts of things really important to get strategic about it so we're going to take that you know those thoughts about you know from the leader down and and uh you know, having a culture, creating a culture that's willing to look at our stories and share stories. Um, but Kathy, tell us, what do you? Th- what is a story strategy? <clears throat> Great question. Uh, story strategy is it, it looks at all the all the stories that you're going to tell as an organization. It says, all right, who are we? You know, we have our big core. We have our big core story that our why story, our core purpose story that says who we are in the world. And it yeah. says, all right, all the stories that we're going to tell, how do they support that larger story? Because I think what happens a lot with, you know, the buzzword being content marketing this, content mm. marketing that today, it's easy to lose focus and get so caught up in these individual tiny stories that sometimes don't advance our big North Star core purpose story. Yeah. And so a story strategy says, let's be mindful and purposeful about the stories we tell. Does it serve who we are? Does it come back and support our goal of who we are and does it advance that story? And if it doesn't fit, we don't do it. So it becomes kind of a lens through which you can kind of evaluate whether or not a story helps you or, or doesn't add anything, whether it's not the right story to tell. So it, there's a lot of stories to be told and a story strategy is super important to nail down before you take that story strategy and drill down and try to create a marketing strategy or a content marketing strategy from it. Yeah. I agree. Completely agree. Yeah, and, and social media is, is a big driver of, of randomness. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> you know, bad. it's like mm, what what are they posting that for? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. And what do cats what does a picture of cats have to do with our big goal? Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Come on now, cats are just the be all and end all. If you ain't got anything else, put a cat up and you're but good. They are cute. You cannot <laughs> deny that they are just cute as all get out. They're cute. They are, but it's the funniest phenomenon uh, on the internet. <laughs> it is. People love animals. People love animals and babies. I mean, what and can babies. you say? They're cute. They're cute. That's right. That's right. And bacon. So into- <laughs> <laughs> now, if you can get the cat to wear your corporate gear and, like, right? It- <laughs> there you go. With all Good skills. luck with that. Good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, cat I have mascot. Yes. <laughs> so in terms of that strategy, because I'm going to, because, so we're talking about, um, you know, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a marketing strategy, but it's also, for me, it's a, a kind of a, um, it can also be utilized as a deeper organizational piece. And, and this is where, this is why I love talking to, you know, you about this, because here's the thing, like, you know, marketing departments, it's always really fun, um, you know, they're, they're often off on their own. And then there's the communications department over there. And there's the sales department over there. And they're all kind of in their little silos or big silos. And so for me, the story strategy is a way to pull them all together too. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. A story strategy also recognizes 
that, look, stories, if we say, you know, for Airbnb and our our whole tagline is belong anywhere, then stories indeed also come from everywhere. And a lot of those stories are going to be customer stories. So it breaks down the silos and says, look, we're all storytellers and we're all stewards of the brand, which means stories don't just come from marketing. They should come from everywhere. Now, marketing may need to apply a little bit of kind of rigor or a little bit of sort of discipline so that they meet the guidelines. Sure. But a great storyteller, you know, some of the best storytellers you and I both know don't come out of marketing. They're no. they're, they're out there talking to customers and and embrace those people. So break down the barriers and recognize that these stories can come from everywhere and you want everybody to be a steward of the brand telling stories. You just have to have some kind of discipline for how they do that if they're going to blog and all these other things. But they may have great stories, and a story strategy says, great, let's take all these stories and make sure that they're available to everybody, everybody. Because one of the things that I have seen happen is that marketing creates these stories. Sales doesn't use them because sales says they they don't work. And then sales has all these great stories. But they never go yeah. back to marketing and say, hey, right. we have these great stories that you need to write right. up as, as, as customer success studies or whatever. Yeah. So it says, look, let's just get all the best stories anywhere in the organization and then make sure everybody is aware of these stories and have like a story bank so that everybody can, every employee is a brand ambassador and can tell these yeah. stories. And that's why having a purposeful, mindful story strategy really matters. Absolutely. And then I, I also think it's also the finding, like you said, because, uh, you know, for me, often it's the front line that gets, you know, you have sales and marketing and they're all, they're, um, you know, elevated and, you know, seen as experts in the organization. However, often it's the person working on the desk or the person on the phone who actually is finding and hearing, like, the best stories, either stories of success or of stories where service isn't going so well and both of those are hugely valuable and so if you have a story strategy for finding stories if it's part you know the finding of stories is also part of it and like you say it's creating a culture where everybody's a storyteller but get strategic about you know how you're going to find leverage hone your stories rather than just randomly hear, because again, sometimes you hear a one-off and, and you think that that's the story. So, so I like the rigor of a story strategy. Absolutely. And, and when you get these stories and you find these stories, you, you always hold it up to the, to the lens of, hey, does this, how does this map to right. who we say we are in the world? And there yeah. are times where I've, I've, I, I have heard stories from, from um, companies and I've said, well, you know, that doesn't match. Not that that's not a good story, yeah. but does it, does it, advance your larger narrative or is it mm. noise and then when it what ends up happening is if you just chase stories individually without <laughs> regard for whether it advances the big story you end yes. up with a very fragmented content strategy and customers don't know who you are and that's how yes. fragmentation happens agreed agreed that's such a great point such a great point uh, yeah, so in terms of that, so um, so I guess if we're going to, you know, in terms of the story strategy, we're moving into the how a little bit, but I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. like, is it really important to get your core story straight first then? Absolutely. It, it all goes, it, it all, you know, flows down from that. Absolutely. And that's probably the biggest thing that I see happen when, 
you know, I'm talking to, to companies. And I'm sure you, you get in the work you do, you see this and hear this a lot as well because you're a storyteller. You hear these things. If the, if the core story doesn't really hang or fit or if it's really um, unclear, you're going to have a problem. It, it just flows down. Your, your content marketing won't be clear. Your, your individual tactical stories in your campaigns won't be clear. It just it doesn't work. So I always tell people it really is important to go back to the root of it and make sure that your core story makes sense. Is it expandable? Does it fit? Um, and sometimes the core story changes, like when mm-hmm. you have to reinvent yourself in your company sure. that, you know, you've sold off a line of business and you've got to then you know that you've got to go back and, and revisit your core story and change that first. Yeah. So th- that's your guideline. Um, but yeah, it's so worth spending the extra time on core stories. But it's so interesting because um, people, I think, shortchange getting that core story right. They really mm-hmm. shortchange it. Yeah, they're chasing leads. They're, they're out there doing tactical social media storytelling and campaigns. And then... Every story that they do says something different about their core story, but they, they mm-hmm. are such in a hurry to get leads that they really shortchange that big story. And what's really interesting is that if you, if, you know, I, I've seen in some companies where, depending on who you ask, uh, they will tell you a different core story of who they are, and that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> It's very dangerous. You know, so it's like it's all over the place. Oh. And we're like, ooh, that's yeah. not good. That's not good. No. no. And, and my thing is, and, and you know, and, and the biggest, I, I, I get, I love how you put that, that they, it, we shortchange the, the core story because absolutely right. Because the other way that we shortchange it, in my opinion, is by just um, doing it at the top you know, or, or farming it out to marketing, come up with a good core story for us and send it back. Or, you know, imposing it is one of the worst things a company can do. It's, it's well worth getting your company to invest in the core story. um, Because then you've, you've moved so far ahead in terms of being able to find the relevant stories later. Mm -hmm. So true. Gosh, you know, well said, because I love your word impose because, Gosh, there's nothing worse than like top down says this is who we are and like employees yeah. weren't consulted or they didn't have a right. voice in it. And then, you know, I, I've seen this happen where um, I was brought in and the employees are feel like uh, uh, this core story came down as a mandate. They didn't get to feed into it. So then, you know, when I ask, them, well, what do you think of your core story? And they're like, that is a bunch of BS. That's not who we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's. You and I both know that when your employees aren't on board, you have a big, big problem. <laughs> you got nothing. You got nothing. Like, and it's 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 like pushing a boulder uphill. Then, um, and and I think that that's one of the things that we do is we forget, and I co- you know companies, nonprofits, they forget that their employees are their best brand ambassadors, and mm-hmm. that their employees are on social media. They're talking to friends. They're talking to customers. They're the ones out there saying stuff, and if they're not clear. Um, and like you said, or or if even worse, if they are dismissive, yeah, that that tells a whole other story. It's than the one whole, you're trying oh, and to. it's it's painful to get brought into those oh. kinds of situations because then then it's it's oh my gosh! I mean, you, if you don't if your employees are, feel dismissed, you just good good luck trying to sell this to your customers. I mean, really good sure. luck. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I, I see it a lot even in nonprofits. And it's a real, you know, for me, I, I get a little frustrated sometimes because I'm looking going, oh, my God, you've got the easiest course story ever. You're changing the world. 
just say how you're changing the world and, and help your staff feel that again. And then you're, you're off. Like you don't have to do a lot of work. Like you don't have to worry about your marketing budget in some ways. Like if you're, if your people feel like they are making a difference every single day, holy moly. Um, so it's not just companies, it's nonprofits get, get caught in this too. It's, it's, it's so true. And, and I love that example because, you know, your employees, a lot of times in nonprofits, um, you know, you know, it, people are, they're so dedicated to the cause. That's why they work there. They're yeah. so dedicated. And if you don't get them on board, you are mi- missing some of your most passionate advocates. And yeah. the beauty is when you don't have money, as you said, if you're a nonprofit, you don't have the budget of, of, a, of a, you know, a brand agency or a big, you know, like company like Nestle or Microsoft. Yeah. You, you need <clears throat> those employees yes. as brand ambassadors to multiply your marketing message. And if they're unclear or they don't feel involved in the message, you are losing that key, key channel that's critical to, to getting your message out there. And, and I think that's where a lot of um, – it's just sad that we spend so much time thinking about marketing messages to customers, but we yeah. do, do not spend the same amount of time thinking about influencing what I call the insiders, our most yeah, important nice. audience – the employees. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. And I don't know what it is that why we've kind of missed that step or, I mean, certainly for me as a leader, they were, you know, it just made, it just made sense to have people involved in, in the creation of the story and the big story. Because again, you know, they're the ones able to tell it. Now, in terms of the story strategy, though, um, I'm wondering, you know, how does, so if you're, you're a big company, say, and say your culture is one of a um, little bit competitive, and you say you get clear on your big story, like how do you create a culture of, you know, with your story strategy, how do you create a culture of sharing mm-hmm. if, if that's not already there? Is it possible or do we just go, oh, there's, yeah, I don't, no, yeah. It's a great it's a great it's a great question because it is probably one of the biggest challenges I see out there and and there's no question about it. I think two things happen. I think I think obviously you're better off if sharing is part of your culture as you grow because then you've already laid down that that's a foundational value. Right. Um, although it can be done later, and one of the things that um, I've seen, uh, you know, with one particular client uh, recently that we did is we created a, a story bank. They were small enough to where we actually developed a story bank, and, we, and, and, and I said, here's the thing. Everybody's reinventing the wheel. That costs you time and money, but it also yeah. costs you something else. It costs you, costs you consistency and advocacy internally. So let's nice. make sure that when people have a good story, that there's this culture that says, all right, we're going to bank the stories here using technology, and we're going to have regular meetings, though, regular meetings where you're still small enough to where you can share these wins and these stories every, you know, maybe every month is what it is, and you're going to share the story you're going to, so that everybody hears it and everybody knows culturally that's who we are, and they can start sharing that story with, you know, every, every organization. Yeah. Every, yeah. every division, if you will, can share that. It's harder as you grow. So it's a little more challenging as you, as you grow, but it's not, an, it's not uh, impossible. Um, yeah. uh, divisions still need to, they may have a divisional purpose that's a little different, but it should still tie back to the overall company story. Yeah. yeah. And well, each division a, could have a story bank, couldn't they? Exactly. Each division yeah. could have a story bank. So if, yeah. you're, you know, if your purpose is to you know, uh, you know, help people by... Um, 
you know, uh, let's just say uh, improving their lives through healthcare. But your particular division in this healthcare company is is cancer, and that's your particular thing. So you've got a very a different mission, but you advance the larger purpose of helping people live better lives with healthcare. You're still part of that thing, but you're going to have may- maybe very different, uh, you know. Uh, Things and the, the division that says, well, we help people with, uh, uh, you know, um, diabetes or whatever. So, yeah. so it's still yeah. in the healthcare realm, but you should be sharing stories across the organization too. Nice. Um, and that's something that's a little bit more challenging. But every division then should start to story bank, and it's a really right. important concept because you need some kind of legacy or footprint. Um, so you can start to share those stories, and they become lore. Everybody knows them. It's very dangerous to have the salespeople walk out and leave a company, and they're the ones yeah, who have yeah. those stories, but they've never shared oh it, gosh. not documented. And, <laughs> it and happens I, and it, all the time, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh, all the time. Oh, and and so people wasteful. never think about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's so wasteful. It's so wasteful. I just love that. And, and, you know, we can talk, we'll talk a little bit more about the story bank. Um, We're just going to take a little break. But I I love, love, love the idea of the story bank because it is, um, it's also accessible for everybody. And here's the thing, like, okay, everybody, here's the thing. Once you're told a story, you remember it. So that is the coolest thing about a story bank is that if you're sharing it, and people are participating, they actually are going to remember those stories and they're going to be able to pull them out of their back pocket when they need to. That's so that's, that's really cool. Like to equip your entire company with, with stories to, to be able to use it is, is an amazing thing. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the how when we come back. So just a reminder that you can um, find Kathy at keepingithuman.com or you can connect with her at Kathy at keepingithuman.com. We'll be back soon. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Biz Locker Radio is a high-energy business show that features compelling conversations and cutting-edge business content that you can use to improve your performance today. Hosted by Kelly Riggs and presented by the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio features dynamic thought leaders from sales, marketing, leadership, business strategy, social media, and more. If you're in business, you need an edge. Develop that edge with Biz Locker Radio. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Central on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back to Story Power. I'm Liam Pico, and today I am chatting with Kathy Cloat's guest, and we are talking about story strategy. Um, again, two of my favorite topics, talking with one of my favorite story people, so it's all good. And can't believe it's in the third segment already. Like, how did this I happen? Know. It's gone so fast. <laughs> We're going to just keep on talking after. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, <laughs> okay, so Kathy, here's the thing. I Say we got, we've got people listening, and they're like, wow, like I hadn't heard of a story strategy before. But it sounds really cool. It sounds good. It sounds like something my organization would benefit from. What do I do next? Right. So the first thing I, I, I always recommend is just make sure your core story is solid. So you may have some shoring up to do on that. And if you do need to shore that up, and it happens. Sometimes your business changes. Sometimes, you know, you move from one business to another. Revisit that. Make sure it's solid. If you do that, though, make sure that your employees are involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, They have to be part of that story and feel good about it, that 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 is, in fact, who they believe the company to be. So make Mm -hmm. sure that that's shorn up. Uh, Secondly, you want to make sure that, that the stories that you're telling make sense for your business. So I'll give you an example. If you're new to the world and say you're a startup, you're a technology startup, and there's, a, there's just so many of those in, in the San Francisco area where I live uh, because of technology, make sure that um, you're telling stories about how people use you, how you're using, making lives better, uh, your origin story, because you're new to the world. If, for example, you've been in business 10 years and you have to shift gears because your business has waned and you need to go into a new line of business, make sure that you're telling the right reinvention or re-adaptation you know, stories or evolution stories. It has to fit with your business flow. So get your core story shorn up. Get the right stories to support those core stories. Then when you start thinking about... Um, uh, content marketing, make sure that marketing can pull from a lot of stories because you've been story making and that you're collecting these stories about you know, what you've learned, about customers from all over the company. And that means you, know, you don't have to use sophisticated technology to do it, but you should be documenting these stories somehow, somewhere. So that's yeah. let's if we could revisit that second step, which is finding the stories that align. Um, mm-hmm. So part of that is creating a story bank. Yes, and then yes. part of that is also identifying lots of different places to find stories, including customers, employees of different departments. Everything. Would you everywhere? Would you um, would you consider like vendors or you bet like partners? Who, yeah, yeah, partners. 
You bet. You bet. Great stories can come from partners. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Some of the best stories that that, uh, I found with this big technology company I was working came for, came through their partners, their vendors who who basically were value-added resellers for their technology. And they have these amazing stories about how they helped people in their businesses, you know, um, how they help people get up and running after floods and fires using the technology. And these stories came from their partners who were doing all the integration work on the ground. So don't dismiss your partners. These are not only that, but if you make your partner look good, which is a key concept in improv, focus on Mm -hmm. your partner, that business comes back to you. You bet. So look and everywhere. with that too, like I was just going to, uh, you know, in terms of when we were talking at the beginning of the show about, you know, sharing our personal stories, uh-huh. um, it's kind of similar to being an individual who you might ask me to share my story and I'm going to play it down a little bit, right? Partly because I'm Canadian, um, but also <laughs> <laughs> because I'm humble. Um, but, it, but, you know, it, it, my stories, I have so, so many stories that it can be hard, it can be a little fuzzy for me sometimes about, you know, um, kind of clear impact that I have on others. And that's the same with organizations. Whereas a partner can sometimes, they, they're, they're a step removed and they look at, and I've seen it too with, um, with organizations when they get their partner stories, they are the most amazing stories. Super amazing. And the business wouldn't have told them because either they were felt like they're breaking or they didn't see it because they're in it and just doing their job every day. They're just exactly. No, it was really amazing. So um, so this really um, interesting story, I'll give you an exa- a specific example. So right. I'm doing work with Cisco. Cisco Systems is huge. Yeah, I can talk about routers and I can talk about technology all day long. It's unglamorous. It's not, you know, who cares? But if you really want to anchor in, how did it make people's lives better? Well, years ago, if you'll remember, Australia had a very, very large flood. Yeah. Very big flood. And it wiped out a lot of businesses. You know, it took a human toll. And um, what ended up happening is there were, there were value-added resellers of Cisco Systems equipment in Australia who worked day and night for weeks to uh, ensure that people could get up and running as quickly as possible. Not only did they do that, these vendors, talk about the human network. Now, they've changed their story since then, but back at the time when they were the human network, not the Internet of everything, um, the human network, here's a human story for you, and we ex- excavated it through the partners, is that their vendors would bring food to people who'd lost everything in the flood. They'd help get their data up. These people would go to their houses and, and go grocery shopping for them. Talk about people. Wow. People helping people. There was yeah. no better example of that. If you want to talk about the human network and how we excavated that, uh, just started asking tons of questions, going to the partners. And, you know, if you're going to say, you know, again, their, their tagline has changed since, since this story, but, yeah. you know, if you're looking to, if you say we're the human network, well, then prove it. Prove it. Right, right. And because I don't want to hear about technology. If your no. vendors didn't have that human touch to do everything it took to treat these people who lost everything and their businesses and try to get them up and running like human beings and people, then it's so much more about the technology. It's about the quality of your people. Love and it. that Love is it. the story that we told. And so they're there. And you just have to look for them. And again, great stories can come everywhere. And a lot of times they do come from your customers and your customer service people and your sales and your partners and people who are outside of marketing and the C-suite. Because usually those are the best storytellers. 
Yes, absolutely. Now, in terms of that, so then you have your story bank and you get it set up. And so, you know, and you were talking about the third piece, which is starting to tell. Mm-hmm. What what would you advise? And, and you know, we, we, you, you use the term content marketing. So it's, it's about, um, you know, getting your stuff out there, getting your content out there. And there's a lot of venues for that. So you've got social media. You've got, um, well, you've got your own social media as a company. You've got your employees who are likely um, using social media. Your customers are definitely using it. But you also have all your, your website and your, you might still have print materials or advertisement. How can you leverage the stories and your story strategy to tell your stories in a, in a way that engages and is also, um, is also focused? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, when you say, look, here's, here's, here's the story strategy, here's who we are, here's the types of stories we should tell, then you kind of, you know, you, you, you're either story banking or, you know, you're, you're taking these stories that you hear anecdotally and saying, all right, does it rise to the level of advancing who we are, that we say we are as an organization? Then you have to tell them in ways that are very human across your social media. So it starts with, all right, does this fit who we are? Um, how do we break this down? Can we tell it multiple ways? So, so if we find a really great story, you know, uh, like the UPS uh, truck driver who uh, found a, a malnourished dog on his route mm. and he started nourishing this dog and feeding this dog and adopting this dog and every day on his route he'd feed this dog because he lived and worked in the community that he served. He wasn't just a UPS right. driver. He was part of the community. Then that story has legs because it fits who they say they are as part of your community. So now how how do we repurpose the story and tell it across our social media? You also have to then tie back into, this is where story strategy meets content marketing. You have to ask yourself, all right, what's our goal here? Are we at the beginning of the funnel? Is it an awareness story, a human interest story? What stories then further down the funnel to get people to buy, if we're, soft, if we're a software company, what stories do they need to hear there? Stories of customer success with our mm-hmm. product. That's what they need to hear. So you have to understand the flow and the funnel. And I hate the funnel word because it's jargon, yeah, but yeah. it's important. But it's important. Yes. You have to understand yes. that. So right. the stories, the thing about stories is there's so many different ways to tell it. And you've got a lot of latitude there. But at its most basic, when you know who you are and what your story strategy is going to be, if you know, we're all about this and we say we belong anywhere, how do we show that in different ways across the funnel? How does it, is it all map that? To back to it. So that our content marketing strategy, when we go to marketing, say, all right, here's all these stories. How can we navigate them, adapt them, make them fit to the different stages of, of our funnel? Then you're not just telling random stories that have nothing to do with your core story. Now you're more purposeful yeah. and mindful. Right. And so it, nice. you know, it's, it's sort of a lot to explain, but, it, but it, it makes it much easier to map back. Well, and I'm just I'm taking I'm, – and I'm – we're on the the radio, so you can't see me. Um, <laughs> but I've got my like my hands out wide, and then bringing them into a tip. Right, it's kind of creating a peak um, experience. Like the it's it's using the funnel, but it's using story along the way. Um, and and I I really like that. And again, I don't like the word funnel either. But it's a really great way of of um, attaching story to all the other things that you're doing. So if you've got your sales funnel, you got your marketing funnel, right? Like story comes along for the ride. It's part of the ride. It's not a separate thing over there. 
you can pull it into all the things that you're wanting to do. It's the delivery. Yeah. It's the the delivery vehicle. And and story is the wrapper for everything. So it shouldn't be disconnected from everything. It should be purposeful. You know. Nice. That is perfect. Thank you, Kathy. Because I think, and and that's the thing about strategy is it it helps you bring purpose. So the three things we've got there is, first of all, get your core story straight. Second Mm -hmm. of all, create a story bank. Start finding stories wherever they happen. Um, and I guarantee as you're looking for stories, you'll get better and better at it. Like the more you do this, the more you'll you'll see it more quickly. Mm-hmm. And then the third is 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 creating and adapting your to your funnels in your business and creating a story mm-hmm. funnel, which is, you know, figuring out what you want to do. Do you want to share something about your organization to create awareness or are you trying to convert customers? So perfect. Kathy, thank you so, so much. It's been so mm-hmm. great to chat to you today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's always so much fun talking to you, Leanne, and thank you so much for all the work you do with the community, the Story Power community, and it's fantastic. It's wonderful talking to you, too, and I love love that you shared your your vulnerable stories with the world and look forward to someday seeing your show. I hope so. (laughs) Absolutely. So remember, you can find Kathy at keepingithuman.com. Next week, Story Powered, we'll be chatting with Patricia McMillan. Uh, Patricia is in Australia, and she's written a new book called Making It Matter, and it's all about using story in IT departments. So we're going to be talking about creating a human connection in IT. So um, really thrilled to be talking to Patricia about that. And don't forget to come out and hang out with me in the Story Powered Institute. Like I said, you can come and join for free. Be my story friend, storypowered.institute. There's also a paid level. You can... I'm always happy for you to, to join at that level, too. That's a story fan. Um, but if you just want to be friends at first, I'm cool with that. So come and check us out. So Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Leanne Pico, and Story Powered. I will see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.